Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Bronx-based jazz pianist, composer, arranger, and author, Sharp Radway. We talked at length about his career in music, the arts, COVID, and his newest 2022 CD, Black Woman, A Conversation. The album is a tribute to the beauty, strength, and diversity of black women. It's a soulful combination of elements of jazz and spoken word. Sharp is a native of Hartford, Connecticut, and his roots can be found in the church. He is a protege of the great Dr. Randy Weston, and he's been around the best in jazz, with the likes of Youssef Latif, Benny Golson, Red Holloway, Slide Hampton, Curtis Fuller, and so many others. He was also in the film Cadillac Records with Mos Def, Beyonce Knowles, Cedric the Entertainer. This cat has a great ensemble of stories. Enjoy it. Man, I, I got to say, before we begin up front, you have the coolest name in the world, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> that is the way to just get a leg up on everything when you got a name like that. <laughs> uh, as they say, from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think the one thing, there's so many levels of this album that are necessary that make sense, not only because of the times we're living through, but we're celebrating women this month. We really need to be very mindful of equality, of, of balancing things out on planet Earth. So this album, to me, seems like it's, it's a triumph at this time in our history. Talk to me a little bit about how it feels to come out now with you know, celebrating women, we're coming out of COVID, all of those things that are happening on the planet. Did you say it was a triumph? Is that the word? Yes. You wow. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> well, um, this record, uh, I would say, is uh, just like any composition or arrangement that I might do or any um, performance, so-called performance that I might do, it, this project is, I would say, divinely inspired, you know? I um, started working on this project in 2017. It's just now been released, <laughs> you know. So I think it's really, uh, I think it's really a divinely appointed time for this record, you know. And I feel blessed to have uh, received these pieces and composed them, and I feel especially blessed to be able to present this musical offering at this time. You know, with the the people who have uh, received feedback from who purchased the record, or uh, people who have gifted the record to, they've come back and and shared with me that you know during these times, you know, it leaves them with a sense of uh, encouragement. Some have said that they've been inspired and uplifted. Some have shared that they've learned some things from the conversations on the record. And I think it's just the divinely appointed time for this record to be released right now. Absolutely. And, you know, just based with the responses that you've gotten so far, overall, what are you hoping the listener gets from this? How do you want them to feel when they're done listening to this album? I would like everybody to to just have a, uh, uh, just a, uh, a great listening experience where they might come away feeling inspired or uplifted or healed just blessed in some kind of way the title of the record is black woman a conversation but the music is for everybody you know <laughs> you know the the music was written and composed and performed with uh those objectives in mind you know 
you know. So I just hope that people would 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 learn something from, like I said, from the conversations that you hear on the record, and also just get some food for the spirit. Food for, for sure, and food for the spirit. You know, we've been going through this COVID time. It's been a time mm-hmm. of quarantine and self-reflection. What did you learn about yourself over this time that maybe you didn't realize before that's going to make you stronger as you get out and perform more live music and promote this new album? I learned that I, that I need or that I was in need of more time for myself in terms of uh, just taking care of uh, my own well-being, you know, in terms of health physically and mentally and spiritually. I found that I was doing way too much (laughs) before the pandemic. I found that this is actually a necessary thing for me to separate myself and feed myself so I have more to offer. This is something that uh, I was already aware of, but I became a little more aware of, a little more conscious of. And I find that I'm able to bring more things to the music when I perform now as a result. I learned I learned a lot of things about myself, you know. <laughs> Talk to me about your beginnings. You grew up at Hartford. Talk to me about how you started out in music and how kind of the jaws of jazz, so to speak, grabbed you and it became your life. Oh, I love how you said that. The jaws of jazz. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> right on. Yeah, it sure got it sure got its bite on me. I haven't let go yet. <laughs> yes. Yes, oh, sir. Goodness, yes. I was born in Hartford, uh, Connecticut, and then um, early on I moved to a suburb outside of Hartford called Windsor, Connecticut, and then moved back to Hartford, Connecticut um, after high school. Yeah, that's where, um, oh, well, I first got my music, my, my first musical experiences playing in churches in Hartford, Connecticut. And I used to play alto saxophone and, and drums and sing in the choir and play keyboard. And I got kicked off the instruments many times until I got it together, you know. But uh, I had my first musical experiences in the church. Now the jaws of jazz seem to seem to have gotten me. Um, I would say in my twenties, early twenties. I remember I was listening to a radio program. I wish I could remember what it was, but um, I was listening to a radio program, and uh, the DJ played John Coltrane's "Central Park West." You know that song, "Central Park West." Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. What a beauty, you know, and it was it was the most beautiful thing that um that I felt that was the most beautiful song I ever heard up until that point in time. So I called the radio station and I said, "Listen, can you play that song again?" <laughs> so uh, I got my cassette in the tape out, and uh, well, this is a little bit before you know the CD players and all that, which are now defunct anyway, you know, but. <laughs> But um, yeah, I got my cassette tape out, and uh, I had a I had them played, and I recorded it, and I kept recording it over and over again on the tape so that it was full of that one song, and uh, really it was uh, John Coltrane that uh, brought me into the music, the Saints, you know. 
Yeah. What about the first live jazz show you saw that really blew you away? I'm not sure what that was. You know, I used to uh, hang out at the University of Hartford at the Jackie McLean Institute of Jazz, the music school there. I guess you could call me one of Jackie's kids. <laughs> I've heard people refer to me as that, too, you know. He used to uh, let me come by and practice and sit in some of the classes, and, you know, I would learn some things. I got to know some of the students at the school, and uh, they would perform at a place on the campus called the Hawk's Nest. And uh, it was just incredible for me to see what my peers were doing. And really, that's what knocked my socks off, just seeing what my peers were doing on their instruments. I said, man, I want to do what they're doing, you know. So the first uh, concerts or gigs that really got my attention were just uh, some local gigs um, at the University of Hartford. You're a protege of the great Dr. Randy Weston, and he was a wonderful soul. That, that had to be just uh, enough for several lifetimes to learn from him. Yeah, I'm still learning from him. Yeah. What did he teach you? What What do you remember that that has been really key, not only in your development as a musician, but as a human on this planet? In terms of music, uh, he taught me to believe in myself as an explorer of the music and as a practitioner as well. You know, he shared with me about the importance of having a foundation and stride piano and the blues and the background in the, in the black church and, of course, be rooted in Mama Africa. And uh, I was able to hear these things from him because uh, I was already on that path. You know, he would share with me based on my understanding and also on my lack of understanding uh, musically. You know, spoke about the importance of uh, comping and and uh, playing in big band, and you know, he shared with me about arranging and uh, I mean about composition. On a personal level, you know, we always spoke about. Well, first of all, every conversation I can't remember any conversation where we didn't speak about the Most High. You know, he was a serious man of faith, and we would always talk about God. I found that to be the case speaking with him and also with Candido, who's on the record as well. Um, with them, we always spoke about God and about family, and Randy would share with me about the role of a musician, not just on the bandstand, but also in your immediate community and in society and as a whole, and also uh, your role as a musician or an artist uh, to the world, you know? And he shared with me about, uh, oh, so much. I mean, I can go on and on. He shared with me about respecting your mother and your father and and uh, things about, you know, just uh, how to serve your community, you know? You know? How to look after the elderly. And we talked about African traditions, how we went about doing that, showing our love and care for the elderly and the young people around us and and our, our fellow man, you know. So there are many things, many things I learned from Randy. Uh, I have two quick stories about both of those men, you, uh, Candido and Randy. Mm -hmm. I interviewed Randy some years ago, and 
I had never had anybody explain to me the roots and etymology of jazz the way he did it. It actually it, it made my hair stand up. He said, Joe, mm-hmm. I'm going to explain to you right now that that the jazz came from Africa, and if you go to yeah. Africa, everything swings. The yeah. tail of the elephant, the, the yeah. trees, yeah. everything swings, you know? And yeah. he explained it in a way that, like, the curtain parted. I never yeah. had to wonder. I could see it. <laughs> Um, so that's the one thing. And Randy was just that he was one of those first interviews where everything that he said was like magic. He was like a, mm-hmm. a, a the leader of the jazz Jedi council in cloud city and empire mm-hmm. strikes back. You know, uh, he, he, he was one of the, the genius elders. But the other thing is, is that I got married in 2019 and my wife, when we met a few years congratulations. before, congratulations. Oh, thank you, man. Absolutely. Yeah. A few years before, as a jazz guy, the first state that I took her to, Candido mm-hmm. came to Kansas City and played at mm-hmm. the Jazz Museum off 18 and Vine, and yeah. we will never forget that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just at his age and how vigorous he still was at 90, it was beautiful. Yeah. So anyways, I wonder, wondrous memories of both of them, for sure. Yes, yes. You know, those were my two oldest friends, <laughs> you know. Wow. And actually, yeah. on on uh, on a couple, you know, on multiple levels, my closest friends, you know, yeah. yeah, I really felt that, you know, Randy somehow he just he just understood me, he just got me, <laughs> you know. Sometimes I don't know if you've experienced that, but that's something to know that someone just gets you, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I feel especially blessed to have him as part of my life. And, you know, part of this life's journey. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, as a creator, I mean, you've been in film and music. You, you, at the core of you, you're a creator and an artist. And I'm curious, what motivates you every day to get up and to create whatever you decide to get into that day? What is it that you like the best about this process? Well, you know, I was, I was sharing, you know, that, that for me, uh, man, I don't know how other, uh, any other way to say it, but things are divinely inspired for myself. That's just how it is for me, you know. Um, and I can draw from any kind of uh, interaction that I may have with someone or an, an interaction with nature or some observation um, that I was fortunate enough to have made or something someone said to me, something that came up in a conversation. You know, I draw inspiration from all of those different places. You know, really, my music. Um, even if I'm arranging something uh, 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 that was that was uh, composed by someone else, um, still, my music uh, it reflects just uh, you know my life and what's around me and what I can see around me and what I've experienced. You know, I draw from. Whatever it is that I'm experiencing. I hope that answer isn't too vague. It did. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's beautiful. That's great. And and, and I'm curious, too, as the world kind of opens up and you're promoting this album, what do you hope we all realize about the power of live music that we've largely been away from for two years when things start getting back into into focus and shows begin again? I just hope that people can uh, appreciate what they receive from uh, a live music experience. And I hope that what they're receiving is indeed food for the spirit, 
food for the mind, food for the soul, you know. And I think uh, if it's if they can have that appreciation, I think the performers, I think we'll feel that and uh, we'll be able to draw from that and even have more to offer. You know, the other thing about your career, too, you know, you learned from Wandy, Randy, but you've also been around so many other very esteemed musicians throughout your life. And I'm curious, as somebody that teaches young musicians that you're around, what have you learned from the elder statesmen, those that, that we would consider legends and luminaries in this craft, that, have, that you've gotten from them that you in turn give back to the younger generation to keep this jazz torch going? Well, wow, I mean, oh my goodness, I've learned so much, you know. Actually, uh, I have a book um, that I wrote in 2008 that was uh, published in 2010, and then the second edition, a revised edition, was published in uh, 2015 called Musicianship 101, What They Don't Tell You in School. In that book, I discuss <laughs> a lot of those things that I've gotten from the elders and from my own experience and observing other people's experiences. But from them, you know, I've learned how to survive on the road, you know. I've learned uh, how to be a better accompanist. I've learned how to be a better husband. You know, I've learned how to conduct myself when it comes to conducting business and when it comes to just conducting yourself uh, on the bandstand and off of the bandstand. And I learned that you're always on the bandstand, you know? <laughs> so, I don't know, there's so many things. I've learned how to, to eat better, you know? I've learned how to uh, be a, a better accompanist on the bandstand and also off of the bandstand. So there's so many things. Everyone has a perception or an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, mm -hmm. your fans. But ultimately, you live your life. You have a perception of yourself. Who do you think you are? I have to say I'm a child of the Most High God. Well, I, I don't even know if I'd call myself a musician as much as I'd call myself an instrument, and the Most High being the one true musician. And uh, I guess I'm an instrument. I do have piano students, so I guess you could say I'm a teacher as well. Uh, I'm a friend. I'm a lover, so many different things. I guess you could say, yeah, I'm an artist, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm a man of faith. Uh, whenever I play, I think in terms of uh, playing music as being a ministry, so I look at myself as serving as a minister as well, a minister of music, and right healing through music. Yeah. Beautiful. Man, I really enjoyed the album. This has been wonderful to get to know you, and uh, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to presenting you to the Neon Jazz community. Thank you again for your time today, and good luck with everything as hopefully the world opens up more. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you doing this interview. I hope we can, we can talk again sometime. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in the Bronx, Hartford, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Sharp for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends.
Neon Jazz.